So my advice is stay the course. And my second word of advice is evolve. You know, evolve in this industry. You know, maybe it's not residential. Maybe it's commercial. Maybe it's not commercial. Maybe it's development. Maybe it's not development. Maybe it's property management. But evolve in this industry is my advice. Things are changing. It doesn't mean you have to leave the industry. Just may mean it's time to evolve and pivot and change and grow. But this industry just, again, gives so many opportunities. I don't think we need to leave it. I think we need to figure out what our special place is in this real estate industry. Well, hello, everyone. It is Julia Lachey here tuning in with the Color of Money podcast. I am joined by my co-host, Mr. Emmerich Peace, Mr. Daniel Dixon. And today we have an amazing guest with us today that I'm very excited to introduce you to. Now, as all of you know, we have been having all of these conversations about building wealth in our community, building black wealth. And uh, how can you have that conversation, especially in the real estate without actually talking to the National Association of Real Estate Brokers. We are joined today by none other than the current president of the National Association of Real Estate Brokers. You know it as NARAB. And uh, this year's president is Dr. Courtney Johnson-Rose. I uh, I shared with her before we started that the, the rumor is um, she's going to save the world. And, and let me tell you why. I want to read a bit of her bio. And then when I'm done, you'll probably be like, yes, yeah, she probably is. Uh, Dr. Courtney Johnson-Rose is, of course, a businesswoman, real estate broker, investor, educator, and community leader. She is the CEO of George E. Johnson Development, a full-service real estate firm specializing in development services, owner representation, master planning, residential and commercial brokerage services. And uh, she also began her career as a project management consultant. She's a lot of accolades. I don't know how many of them I can actually uh, read, but like I mentioned, she is currently the president of the National Association of Real Estate Brokers. Uh, it is the oldest minority trade association in the country with over 115 chapters. I used to be a chapter president. Emmerich Peace used to be a chapter president, uh, and she's running the whole thing. She's also, also the immediate past chair of the Texas Association of African-American Chambers, a whole slew of other things that she's been involved in. She's got a bachelor's degree in economics, a master's degree in community development, a doctorate in organizational leadership, a whole bunch of certifications. Um, I think it would be important that I mention that you're Delta, I know a lot of people want to make sure that I mentioned that. Yeah. You you used to have a show um on 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 TV. Uh it, I can't what was it called? It was um you were you hosted a, a real estate show. Real on, estate on, today. came on Comcast. Yeah. Yes. And uh in addition to all of that, and all of the long list of accolades of things you have been in Houston. Um, you were top 40 under 40, top 30 under 30, top 20 under 40, top 25 most influential women in Houston, top 50 most influential women in Women's Magazine of Houston, top 30 most influential women in a whole, the whole bunch of stuff, y'all. She is, like I said, if you haven't uh, been able to tell by now, I think um, she is qualified uh, to, to save the world. That's what they say you're gonna do. Yeah. So, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> no very pressure, much for right? Being there. <laughs> welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it and appreciate reconnecting with you and Emmerich. 
I'm looking forward to learning more and uh, conversating with with Daniel also too. So, thank you for 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 having me. I love the name of this podcast. You know, these are good topics to talk about. So, I'm excited to be here and engage with all three of you all. Thank you. Well, I'll ask the first question and then I'll stop talking. Tell us about NARAB. What is NARAB, the yes. National Association of Real Estate Brokers? So NARAB is a whole vibe. Let me just say that. <laughs> um, it is a, it's an organization, but it really is um, a vibe, a family, a movement, if you will. The National Association of Real Estate Brokers is the premier network of Black real estate professionals. Uh, so we are made up of real estate professionals um, that uh, really encompass the full real estate spectrum. We have appraisers, we have brokers, we have agents, uh, we have inspectors, we have property managers, we have housing counselors, all that are a part of the NARAP Real Estate Network. Organization is 76 years old. Uh, so we have a really, really tremendous history. We were started in 1947. Our members are called Realtists um, because when we were founded, African Americans were not able to become Realtors because of discrimination. Uh, so the Realtists Network started, and it's literally back in the 40s and 50s, 60s, 70s, before we could be a part of the majority. Realtor Association is really how African Americans advocated. It's how African Americans bought and sold real estate to each other was through this network of black real estate professionals. Um, And this network is still going on. It's going strong. It's growing. We are up to 117 chapters across the uh, country. So in most major cities throughout the U.S., we have a Realtors uh, chapter. Our focus over the years has remained pretty consistent, which is increasing Black homeownership and elevating and improving the landscape of the real estate industry for Black professionals. Um, So that includes advocacy and policy. That includes uh, developing key relationships with key entities like the Black church, Black sororities, fraternities. You know, it includes a a plethora of things that NARAP does. But at the core of it is we're a trade association. And it's about helping our members do the best that they can do in their individual businesses. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to all of our KW real There are hundreds of you all across the uh, country that are part of the KW family, but that are also part of the NARAP uh, Realtors family. So we appreciate that um, and have always enjoyed having uh, KW real estate professionals part of the NARAP network, too. How do you see the landscape changing right now for Black real estate professionals or Black realtors? How do you see the landscape changing? Like, what, What do we need to work on to really lock arms and, and grow in our community and, and help each other succeed more. Yeah, this is an interesting time, Daniel. Um, you all are, you know, industry professionals. So I know this week in particular has been a very interesting week um, just for the industry with so many changes with the National Association of Realtors, the big case that was lost um, in terms of buyer representation, the inflation that we're dealing with, the interest rates that we are dealing with. Uh, one of the things that we come out with every year as NARAB is a report called the State of Housing in Black America. So our State of Housing in Black America report that we call SHEBA, uh, we are releasing next year, and I've just been reading the draft, excuse me, next week, and I've just been re- reading the draft of it. And one of the things that um, it's showing is that Black homeownership is down. Even Black 
loan mortgage applications is down. I'll give one example. Black millennials right now, year to year over year from 22 to 23, applications among black millennials are down 21%. So you look at that to say, okay, well, we're even losing ground in terms of um, our community being interested in buying real estate. They aren't applying mm-hmm. or trying to buy real estate. What does that mean for us as black real estate professionals as a community? You know, how do we work together more? Um, And that's really goes to the core of the desire to own real estate, the desire to own homes and the understanding of it. So when I look at stats like that to say our black millennial population is 21 percent down just on mortgage applications and trying to get a home, that tells me we have to sound the alarm as black real estate professionals. We have to go into our communities. We got to be vigilant. We got to be vocal uh, to really talk about the benefits that black, that home ownership brings uh, the equity that black home ownership brings the financial tool that real estate is. Uh, We don't want to lose that in our community. Um, So I think a great way for black real estate professionals to work together and rally together is really around rallying our community to not miss the value of real estate. Um, And when we look at particular target groups like black millennials uh, to make sure that we don't have folks in our community that are eligible, uh, that can buy, but they just don't buy. Uh, mm-hmm. Because they don't know, or they haven't been, been been pushed, or they haven't been educated, uh, we have a lot of that. For example, in our Black Millennial community. Now, Dr. Rose, do you think that 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 the decline in in home ownership amongst Black community? Do you think that's because solely because of education? Do you think it's it's access? Do you think it's income? Like, what what area do you think is yeah. is one of the most important areas to? Or why, like, why are we here? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's extremely complicated. But why are we here is actually pretty simple. Systematic racism is why we are here. We all work within a financial system that wasn't designed for African-Americans. If you look at the history of FHA, it wasn't designed for African-Americans to participate in. If you look at the FICO credit scoring system, it wasn't designed for African-Americans to participate in those algorithms um, and things of that nature, how they score debt to income ratio, which is the number one reason why African-Americans don't get approved, is not credit, it's not down payment, it's debt to income ratio. Um, It's lack of assets. Um, So if you don't have a family member or your parents aren't passing on and grandparents and leaving you wealth, um, then you don't have assets to build upon. Only assets you have are the assets that you and your family are personally building now. You don't have that generational wealth. But if the system, the finance system is built upon people having generational wealth, it's hard for us to participate in it. So if I look at systematic racism, if I look at redlining, um, if I look at all of these policies, how FHA was actually set up, even though that was 50 years ago, it's hard to catch up. Um, And the systems have not changed um, to really uh, coincide with the new borrower, uh, which really, to be honest with you, is a more diverse borrower in this this country. But the financing system has not changed and altered uh, to be able to actually catch up with that. One of the things that will come out of the SHIBA report next week is a different credit score model. We've looked and done some research on uh, Vantage score for 
for example. Uh, most Black Americans have, if they were to use Vantage Score versus FICO, have a higher Vantage Score yeah. because of how the algorithm is actually written than we have a, have as a FICO score. But Fannie, Freddie, uh, HUD, etc., they don't accept it. So if they were able to accept another credit scoring system, could more African-Americans get approved for a mortgage because of how the algorithms and things are actually built? So it's complicated, uh, but it really goes back to we're all working and living and trying to be successful in a system that wasn't originally set up for us. Um, and at the end of the day, it's really systematic racism that has led us to this point. It's just year over year over year, uh, but it's just hard to catch up uh, when there's a system that isn't particularly designed for some of your your challenges. Dr. Courtney Johnson-Rose, how are you, ma'am? Good, Brother Peace. Brother Peace. Good to see you. I just want you to know, I am renew my membership with the DC chat. I want you to be clear that. I want you to be I want you to be clear that. Friday. I love it. <laughs> and so you know I was I was thinking about some things and you were you were talking about the whole idea of, of systematic racism. And I'm gonna make a comment and then I'm gonna ask you a question. The comment is um, that's just atypical of the way that we have integrated into society, period. And when I say that, the even if you ask questions, right, our syntax and the way that we deal with questions is different from the majority. So sometimes even the answers that we give when they ask questions are not the same answers that they would typically be looking for. Because a lot of times we don't interpret it the same way because the syntax is different. And so when you're talking about the systematic uh, systematic racism, uh, part of it is just the, the dialogue that we have, which locks us out sometimes. Because I, I believe that sometimes people can ask us questions and we don't really un understand the question that we give an answer. And it's not the answer that they're looking for. So they automatically assume that we don't know or it comes to it comes to be a different outcome because the person who we're talking to did not understand the syntax that we're delivering and vice versa. Anyway, so yeah, that whole systematic thing, absolutely. I want to talk, I want to ask you a question about the wealth tour. So we're talking about uh, home ownership rates going down. We're talking about the millennials not being, um, millennial and X, um, not being, millennial and Z, not being engaged in the home buying process or even seeking that process. How is the, the wealth tour going to address that? I'm just curious. Is, yeah. How does it attract yes. that, that demographic? Because, you know, I, I have some history. So how, well, how do we attract that demographic and the whole idea yes. of the wealth tour? Yes, definitely so. So I'll back up a little bit, um, Emric, and just kind of share the reasons for the wealth tour. It's really three Three main reasons. One is, Nayra. Well, first, let me let me just interrupt and ask, what are y'all talking about? What is the wealth tour for our listeners who are listening? You just jumped in on the wealth. <laughs> That's tour. true. What tour. is the wealth tour? We don't know what the tour is. What, what, what is the it. wealth tour? Okay, so you can first go to narabblackwealthtour.com, N-A-R-E-B blackwealthtour.com, to learn about the wealth tour. So the wealth tour is a 
a series of stops that NARAB will uh, make. And we're up to 100 cities uh, that will have the experience of the Wealth Tour. Um, and the Wealth Tour are uh, four to six hour Saturday events designed in our community, specifically curated in Black venues. We either go to a Black church, a Black community center, uh, somewhere that's a landmark in the Black community so our community is comfortable being there. It's a housing expo. So we have booths and we have prizes and we have raffles and it's fun and the radio stations out there. Uh, we have commercials. We uh, did a billboard in Houston for it, etc. So you come, you experience booths, you experience the whole expo. But we also have classes. So we have a series of classes that we do throughout the day. Uh, one of the classes is what to do with Big Mama's house. We have a very serious problem in our community on heirs' property and passing property law. We are very blessed, NARAB, to have an MOU partnership with the National Bar Association, which is the Black uh, Lawyers. They were founded in 1925, and we've curated this course with the National Bar of what to do with Big Mama's House, where the Black realtors and the Black lawyers work together to educate the community on how to properly pass along property, how to work with your family members, how to buy a family member out that doesn't want the property when you want the property. How do you go find the deed to the property? How do you find out if there's still a mortgage on the property? All of these things that our community um, is kind of plagued with in terms of uh, not understanding, we have a course with the Black lawyers and the Black realtors to be able to share this with our community. We do ABCs of uh, home buying. We do Show Me the Money, which is about down payment assistance. Um, we have a class for sellers. I have Equity Now What. We talk about reverse mortgages. We talk about HELOC loans. Um, we have the loan process. Um, we have shown that Black women are three times more likely, our data has shown, Black women are three times more likely to get a subprime loan. That means Black women are leading the charge, they're buying houses, but they aren't educated on the loan process, how to shop for a loan. Uh, there's, you know, people always wonder how many times I'm going to get my credit pulled and it not affect my score to shop for a loan. So we talk about all of those, those are things through our series of courses. And we have a class every hour on the hour. Uh, we have a class that we have introduced through two of our members um, out of Houston um, called Black Men by Houses. Um, we, in Houston, we had 400 black men show up to learn how to buy a home. It was amazing um, experience to actually see. So we have the expo piece, we have the classes throughout the day, and the third piece, the most important piece, are the one-on-ones. Every consumer that attends the Building Black Wealth Tour has the opportunity to meet one-on-one -on -one with a real estate professional, one-on-one -on -one with a black lawyer, one-on-one -on -one with a lender and get pre-approved on the spot, a one-on-one -on -one with a NID housing HUD counselor. So we have the opportunity to be able to sit one-on-one -on -one with our community, address questions. We do these in 20-minute increments um, to make sure that you know we are we're moving through the uh, the uh, crowd. But in Houston, our first stop of the Black Wolf Tour, we had 1,000 consumers, att uh, consumers attend, and 60% of them took advantage of the one-on-one, -on -one, where they're able to sit down with a professional and actually talk about what they are experiencing. So we are doing this as a tour, 
And we're doing this session, the 10 to 3 Saturday sessions with all the workshops, all the classes, all the expos in 100 cities across the country with our local chapters. So NARAP has local chapters in most major cities. Our chapters are hosting as part of the Building Black Wealth Tour. We have 100 chapters that are hosting. Now, NARAP's job is part of that because our local chapter does the heavy lifting, the hosting, the education, the courses. Our job as NARAP is to do the marketing is to be able to tell our community about the Building Black Wolf Tour, is to be able to really sound the alarm on why this is important, why do our community needs to show up. So with that, we're very blessed to have several uh, Black Tour partners. Uh, so our first partner, uh, Emric, you will love this, is Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. So AFIA is a is a tour partner with us. We also have Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, my favorite sorority uh, on earth, um, is a part of the tour with us. So all of the Delta chapters want to participate in the tour and be a part of that with us to push their members to be able to get the education. Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity is a tour partner with us. Church of God in a Christ is a tour partner with us. Uh, the National Bar Association of Black Lawyers um, is a tour partner. The National Newspapers Association, which is the Black Press, is a tour partner with us, as well as the African American Mayors Association. So in most cities where there's African American mayor, the mayor will serve as the honorary host or chair of the tour date with us. For example, in Houston, our honorary chair was Mayor Sylvester Turner, um, who utilized his network and his Facebook page and resources to be able to actually push the tour. tour. In Birmingham, Alabama, our second stop, Mayor Randall Woodfin is our honorary host. When we go to Charlotte, Mayor Vi Lyles, who's black mayor, is our host of the tour. So we're able to connect in with the African American Mayors Association also, too, for this tour. So we are excited to have the community a part of the tour with us, um, other groups that are focused on building black Black wealth, other groups that have consumers and Black professionals. If you look at the Divine Nine Greek community, that's over 2 million Black college-educated professionals. Um, but we want to be able to connect them to that Divine Nine group, like the Alphas, like the Deltas, to be able to invite them to be a part of the, of the uh, tour. So our goal with the tour is two-part. One is to inspire our community um, and educate them for um, buying real estate. We realize that that's critical. Education is needed. So that's that's our first goal. And our second goal is to position NARAP, the National Association of Real Estate Brokers, the realtors, as the trusted advisor and the voice of Black real estate in our communities. So again, the tour will be going on for the next two years. NARAP, BlackWolfTour.com to get more information. But it has been exciting uh, for us. Our members are excited. The community's excited. And we're prayerful that we will change lives through the Building Black Wolf Tour. That's amazing. And I mean, the, the resources, the help, this is exactly what we're trying to do with this podcast, which is get the yeah. information out there. Now, I think one of the biggest challenges we have with young people, Dr. Rose, is engagement. How do we increase the engagement to the resources to then allow you to actually take action? Because those are the listeners there's all the resources are out there. There's a bunch of stuff out there nowadays. But how do we get these young people to plug in and engage themselves in changing their lives? Yeah, so that has been one of the things that I think is NARAP's secret sauce with this with this tour. 
Um, we've been very blessed. And as a vice president with NARAB, the pillar that I oversaw uh, was faith-based and community engagement. So over the past five years, I've been very um, active with the association in helping us develop these key MOU partnerships, uh, the partnership with the Alphas, uh, the partnership with the Deltas, the partnership with the Church of God in Christ, the partnership um, with these key organizations. And really, that's the key. We have to bring the information into our communities. Uh, but it's it's very important. The success of this tour is really about our ability to utilize and activate our, our NARAB MOU partnerships. Because at the end of the day, it's the alphas that bring the young men. It's the deltas that bring the, the millennial professional black women. Um, it is the Black Newspapers Association that educates and, and does the marketing and the advertise for, um, for us. It's Black Radio being able to partnership in there. It's Phi Beta Sigma. So it's really at the end of the day, the partnerships that's going to make the, um, the uh, difference for us um, because we are going to where the, the, the uh, people are. I'll give an example in Birmingham. We're partnered with Dr. Thomas Beavers, who is a very dynamic millennial young pastor um, in Birmingham. Um, and he has a church service on Sundays that has 2,000 black millennials. He has three church services and he's the pastor. He's the one. He's reaching them. He's getting them. Um, and we were able to connect again with him through our faith-based initiative. And he wants every member of his church to become a homeowner. Well, he already has the audience. We're bringing, we're actually hosting the Black Wolf Tour at his church. Uh, so he's challenging his members to come and become homeowners. This Sunday at his church, our members will uh, be there um, doing an announcement from the pulpit of the church to come to the NARAP Building Black Wolf Tour. That's the difference is we have to go to where our people are. Social media is not enough. We have to go and be in front of them. We have to go to the alpha beating. We have to do a presentation in front of the alphas, a five-minute commercial to talk about building black wealth. We got to go to the Delta meetings. We got to go to the Sigma meetings. We have to go to where our community is. Um, and that's the major difference with this tour is the tour partners um, that we, we, we are connected with. We are actively um, trying to get to all of the Divine Nine um, so we have uh, approached the uh, the Omegas, and we're in the process with them. We have uh, solidified IOTA Phi Theta. Uh, we're just waiting for the final steps uh, uh, to that. But we're going to try to engage uh, the full African-American Greek community, because, again, that's two million black professionals, college educated. Um, we're going to try to engage with the black church. So those are the ways that we feel like we can really get the engagement. Um, because you are right, that's the trickiest part of it is getting people to really listen to you um, and to get them to listen. What we have found is we have to go to them where they are, where they worship at, where their sorority meeting is. We have to be in the community with them to be able to garner their attention, uh, to pay attention to how, how important this actual wealth building process is. Yeah. Here's a, a different question. How can we help as a community? Yes. Yes, that's that's that is the actual question. So with this tour, it's really important that we help encourage the people in our community that need it the most to actually be there. That's at the end of the day, 
We're providing the resources. NARAP's going to provide the resources. We have outstanding lending partners that will be there. Uh, we have a great relationship with the with the Black Lawyers Association. They will be there. So we are bringing the information, the resources that that people need. I think the main push is to be able to really uh, invite our community to be a part of it. Um, we don't talk about in the Black community wealth enough. It's not what we, you know, we're going into Thanksgiving season and Christmas season. You know, most of us don't go to our, our Thanksgiving dinner saying, hey, you know, what's up on Black wealth? You know, are y'all thinking about it? Are you are you focused on it? Are you doing stuff? What are you doing for the wealth building of your family? It's not what we talk about in our communities. We don't talk about, have you bought a house yet? We don't talk about, have you uh, maxed out your re, re retirement plan for the year. It's just not the conversations that we have. We don't talk about, hey, this is a beautiful home that we're in for Thanksgiving dinner. Have y'all really talked about who gets this house after grandmother pass, passes on? Um, have we talked about the land in the country um, that you know everybody kind of knows we own it, but nobody knows who and how we pay the taxes? We don't have serious conversations. So I think what we need our community to really do is to start initiating those conversations on building Black wealth, preserving wealth, um, and what that really, really, really means for us. I think that's something that we can all take our personal initiative um, as real estate professionals, as those who, who know how important it is to initiate those conversations with our families, with our friends, with our sorority sisters, with our network, with our mastermind group, with all the networks that we're a part of to bring up important conversations um, and really talk about building Black wealth and everybody doing their equal part in it. I want to ask, I want to pivot just a little bit. We've been talking a lot about NARAB and of course about uh, the wealth tour, but let's, let's talk about you. Uh, uh, tell us, tell us a little bit about your, your real estate business. We were, before we started uh, the, the podcast, um, Emrick and Daniel and I were, and you too, we're talking about just the the times that we're in and the difficulty for real estate professionals. Um, so of course we all want to advocate for black home ownership, make sure that our communities are building wealth, but let's talk about the, you have a real estate business. So as real estate professionals um, in this moment in time that we're in where the interest rates are high and uh, the market is not doing as well as we once were maybe even just a year ago, you know, and all of the different challenges that we're facing in the real estate environment. Uh, what advice or suggestions would you have for just the entrepreneurs? You've run a number of businesses. You've overseen a number of businesses. So I'm sure you've seen challenging times. Uh, what, what advice would you give for the entrepreneurs listening right now, coming from someone like yourself? You know, stay the course is my, if I had to just kind of sum it up, it, my advice would be about staying the course. This is a challenging time. Yes, things are changing. Yes, 2024 will mark my 24th year in real estate. Um, I graduated from college in 2000 and I'm, I'm a real estate baby. I'm a second generation. So what we do in my family is you go get your real estate license. Me and all of my siblings have it. So this would be my 24th year license. And I've seen the market. I've seen it go up, I've seen it go down, I've seen it come back, it goes back up, goes back down, and we just have to ride the wave. Um, so I really want to encourage real estate professionals to really stay the course. You know, and this is a season that we're going into where only the strong will survive, but you can be the strong. 
you know, this is where you retool, you get educated, uh, you put your head down, you get a little bit more leaner on your expenses, and you get a little bit more aggressive on your marketing and your value proposition, but, you know, lean into it and, you know, stay the course um, with this with this business. The one thing I've always enjoyed about being in real estate is everyone needs us. They may not need us today, but eventually they will need our services. What we do, guiding families into homeownership, what we do, my company is personally a real estate development firm, what we do in terms of real estate development, it has to be done. You know, so um, the industry vast also too. my second word of advice is looking at the vastness of the industry. Um, my dad has been licensed for 42 years in the state of Texas. He was one of the first African-Americans to be able to get a Century 21 franchise. The year I was born, my parents bought a Century 21 franchise. He was one of the first African-Americans to be able to join uh, the Fort Bend Board of Realtors here in 1972 when they allowed African-Americans to be able to actually join. So I've watched his career um, over the years, and he's gone from selling residential real estate to moving into commercial real estate to uh, real estate development to consultant for uh, mega churches in real estate to you know running TERS boards and how do you do community development to teaching a class as a college professor in real estate. All of these things he's done with this same real estate license. So my advice is stay the course. And my second word of advice is evolve you know, evolve in this industry. You know, maybe it's not residential, maybe it's commercial. Maybe it's not commercial, maybe it's development. Maybe it's not development, maybe it's property management. But evolve in this industry is my, my advice. Things are changing. It doesn't mean you have to leave the industry. It just may mean it's time to evolve and pivot and change and grow. But this industry just, again, gives so many opportunities. I don't think we need to leave it. I think we need to figure out what our special place is in this real estate industry. Well, I'm gonna. You have such a wealth of information. I hope I hope you wouldn't mind joining us again. I would love to talk to you about uh, about development, right? And also, um, in there's another there's another host too. Sometimes we have Bowman Keaty on, and so these guys, I'm over, I'm outnumbered, I'm outnumbered, Madam President. And so, so I also would love to have you come back and talk about being a woman in real estate. Emmerich and Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> We'd love to have you talk about all those things. You have so much information to offer and, and such a wealth of information in so many different areas of real estate um, that I, we'd, we'd love to have you back to talk about. Even franchising, you just talked about your your dad you know, being one of the first Black people to be able to buy. And I would imagine it's not just a, a Century 21 franchise, any franchise. Any right? franchise. Uh, yeah. Any franchise. Yeah. So, so we'd love to talk about franchising. And when we do that, we want to have you back for that. All kind of stuff I can think of that we'd love to have you uh, back with, but but for 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 today's podcast, do you all have any final questions you'd like to ask, Madam President? Yeah, I do, um, Doctor Rose. If you're thinking about your favorite candy, would you choose sour candy or chocolate? Chocolate, <laughs> chocolate. Every time, every time. Dark chocolate <laughs> or milk chocolate? Oh, now that's a tough one. I would probably say milk chocolate. The dark and chocolate people confuse me. I don't like sour candy. I like fruity candy and I like chocolate. So Okay. All right, fair enough. I think your candy choice says a lot about you. You know what I mean? (laughs) 
and I love candy. So I'm at my desk. <laughs> my drawer is right here, and like my kids know, this is like the secret drawer. Within arm's reach. I got better for you. What else I got here? Oh, those are my favorite right there. Hot tamales are my favorite. And I stay up late. I'm a I'm a night owl and get my best work done at night when the phone's not ringing and no text messages are coming in. So this is how I I I I I, uh, stay up and make and make magic happen. But my kids know if they want to if they want to get a piece of candy, they know which drawer to go to. (laughs) Right there. There we go. Emrick, any final questions before we before we let her go? If one wanted to join NARAB, how how yes. would they join NARAB? Perfect. So Daniel so, keeps saying he wants to join NARAB. And, yes, and let's make he doesn't it happen. Know how. Let's make it happen. So uh, <laughs> NARAB.com, NARAB.com, you can have uh, membership information. There's a whole tab on join us. Um, but you join NARAB through our local chapters. Um, so there is a Denver chapter. Um, and on the NARAP site, you'll see the information for the Denver chapter with a link that will take you to that particular local local market. Um, and when you join, you are joining the local chapter and the National Association of Real Estate Brokers. So you have the best of both the worlds there available to you. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been an honor and a pleasure to have you. I'm excited because I know on December 5th, you're coming to Austin here where I'm at. Um, yes, I will be there. I look forward to it. Yeah, we'll see you soon. But thank you for, for joining us. Uh, thank you, Emrick. Thank you, Daniel. And thank you to our listening audience. Until next time, y'all. We'll see you later. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers, y'all. Thanks. Follow the Color of Money podcast today and get notified when new episodes are released weekly. Be part of this transformative listening experience. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. The views, thoughts, and opinions of the guest represent those of the guest and not KWRI and its affiliates and should not be construed as financial, economic, legal, tax, or other advice. This podcast is provided without any warranty or guarantee of its accuracy, completeness, timeliness, or results from using the information. 